You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily podcast on the Dallas Cowboys, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I'm your host, Marcus Mosier of Pro Football Weekly and the NFL 1000. You can find me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me, as always, is Landon McCool. You can find him on Twitter at McCoolBTB. Landon, how are you doing today, sir? I'm doing good. I'm excited about this kind of next phase of the podcasting where we're going to... Well, I'll let you introduce the next phase <laughs> of what we're doing. Yeah, so coming up on today's show and uh, over the course of the next couple of weeks, we're going to dive into all of the Cowboys' positions um, we're going to talk about their strengths, their weaknesses, and basically uh, how these positional groups could help the team win this year, how they might hold them back. Uh, at the end of every show, we're going to kind of rank them or grade them, however you want to say that. Uh, we'll be using uh, the terms either, they're a, are they a dominant group, are they a solid group, do they need work, <laughs> or is it a smoking crater that's potentially going to hold this team back from winning any games this year. So, uh, as always, we're going to start off with quarterback, and we did this a little bit last year if you guys felt uh, were following along, but um, we're going to start with quarterback position, and uh, as of right now, the Cowboys have three quarterbacks on their uh, roster. They have one undrafted free agent, um, but the three quarterbacks are Dak Prescott, Cooper Rush, and Mike White. Let's go ahead and start with Dak Prescott. Um, Landon. What are Dak's biggest strengths as a quarterback, and how does that mesh with what with what the Cowboys want to do on offense? Well, I think uh, you know he has a couple of different strengths that uh, are, seem kind of unique and new to uh, the Cowboys uh, when compared to Romo. I think um, you know one of the things that specifically stand out is uh, his athleticism, his um, his ability to with. Uh, Ball handling, um, you know, he clearly comes from a more—I uh, don't want to say modern offense, but you know, a, a throwback to the college offenses where uh, you know, ball movement was was is a big part of what's going on in the backfield and, and, and misdirection and that sort of thing. Um, he's good at that. I, I, fi- I find that he uh, his accuracy is is normally pretty good. I mean, I think you know, many many metrics show that. Uh, he he can be incredibly accurate um, in in some of the uh, uh, the tougher throws, uh, but I think that that's also you know probably area dependent on the field. I I don't know that he's uh, you know as accurate on all levels and in all places of the field um, as like say maybe Tony can be Tony Romo was sure. at one point, um, but I think that uh, getting the ball on the move. Um, you know, rolling out left or right, he is one of the best throwers of the football on the move, maybe in the NFL already. Um, and uh, I think that he uh, really thrives in uh, RPO decision-making processes because he, he understands the uh, what's going down. Uh, I think all those are – and I think, you know, that's that's the all the on-the-field stuff. You know, I think the other, uh, you know – leadership leading by example uh the kind of personality that 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 uh people get behind because he's he's you know respected and liked by all i think those are all strengths that you know don't that play into the evaluation of the player but aren't necessarily what we're discussing when talking about a player's you know athletic strengths 
Yeah, there's a bunch of different ways that we can go with this, because, but you hit on a lot of them. Uh, the one that I really want to mention today, um, and I, I, I really didn't have a good sense of this until I started watching All or Nothing, uh, but he is built very well for a quarterback. And I mean in the sense yeah. that he, he he's not a frail quarterback. You, you see him take a bunch of tough shots and kind of come back up for them. But he's also not a massive target in the same way that like a Cam Newton is. He's actually probably the perfect size that you want for your you know your your modern day quarterback because he can run between the tackles if you need him to. He can be a guy that you can run you know design runs for on third down and short, and he can he can. Uh, he's got the size of a linebacker, but he also has the speed to get outside. And that's that's a really important part of the game. Uh, the other thing that you mentioned that I really liked was his ball handling is absolutely fantastic. Um, and as much as I love Tony Romo and Tony Romo's game, he's just so much better in that area than, than Romo and probably any quarterback that the Cowboys have had in the last several years. So it, that's one thing that does separate him from some of the guys that have been around here in Dallas. Um, as for his accuracy... When it's on schedule and things are in rhythm, that's when he is the most accurate. Uh, and, and it's not to say once things break down that he he struggles. It just once he's on you know on pace and on schedule, and those the ball is coming out once he hits that you know the fifth or seventh drop, that's when he's at his best. So uh, going into year three, this is a big year for Dak Prescott. Uh, what are some of the things you would like to see him work on or try to improve? Um, as potentially the Cowboys put a little bit more of the offense on his shoulders. Well, I mean, I think you mentioned some of it. I mean, I think that uh, uh, I think that he has trouble at times uh, getting you know getting back on schedule inside the pocket when uh, things have been disrupted. I, I think it's better when he can get out of the pocket and make things happen. I, I don't think he has a problem uh, with improving. Like I don't think that that's necessarily uh, uh, a weakness or anything. In fact, I think it's probably a strength because of Absolutely. his athleticism and because of of his ability to, you know, like I said, throw on the run. Where I do think he specifically has had issues at time is, you know, when when the pass protection was not good. There are long stretches of period where he was uncertain about his pass protection. Uh, he would start to see ghosts, and then I think. At the t- at you know, which is normal, but I think the problem is that he couldn't overcome it um, because he had issues with trying to get back on schedule. I guess once that's been disrupted, you know, like trying to try to throw back in, try to get back into uh, the system of, of what is happening uh, with his wide receivers instead of realizing that it's a fire play and he needs to kind of make it happen as opposed to trying to get back on schedule to, to a to a schedule that's already been blown up. You know, It, it reminds and, me a lot of Tony Romo actually early in his career. Because if you got Tony Romo outside of the pocket, he made a bunch of plays. But when things got a little bit hectic in the pocket, that's when you kind of saw some of the decision-making go a little bit haywire on him. I, I also think that the, a lot of this is a what, you know, could be why you start to see why they go and get Tavon Austin. You know, because I think that a, a guy... Having Lance Dunbar sit there, uh, you know, seven yards away, making himself available, was a was a very much a, a blanket for for Tony Romo, especially in like two minute situations where he's trying to get rid of the ball because they're they're not giving him anything deep. So I, I think that you know having, um, you know, 
having a reliable outlet there, uh, and I think is is gonna help. You know, I, they're, they're, the, what happened last year was a, was a confluence of events. I think that you know personnel being better will do some of this, but obviously as well, he needs to specifically realize when a play is is disrupted or destroyed and try to just do the best he can to get what he can uh, off of any given play. Yeah, and it's interesting that you mentioned that Lance Dunbar rule because I I think we get a little bit confused as to what that player actually is. Now, in Romo, in 2015, in 2016, the Cowboys, they did use Lance Dunbar in that role. But if you remember before that, even 2014, 2013, DeMarco Murray was catching about 65 passes a year. And it was basically the same type of stuff. And before Marion, sorry, before DeMarco Murray, it was Marion Barber. We, as good as a running back and receiver as Ezekiel Elliott is, they just for some reason haven't seemed to wanted to use him in that role. They've used him more as a blocker. Uh, they've been relying on him so much in the run game. If the Cowboys can find somebody like Tavon Austin to kind of occupy that role as a receiver who can get six, seven yards out of the backfield as a pass catcher. I think that's going to help Dak Prescott quite a bit. Any last comments on that? Yeah, I mean, I think just in general, you know, getting getting Dak opportunities where players are open is is just going to help out. I think you know, the idea that you have a team full of guys that are forcing you to throw the ball into tight windows in order to complete the pass was just not a situation that. They wanted that's that's not where Dak thrives, you know. Dak thrives in, in in creating mismatches with the run game due to his own legs, and then throwing, uh, t- making the correct decision and throwing to the open receiver, not you know having to you know force the ball to a playmaker who's in a tight window situation. I mean, it's not that one's better than the other. It's just that's just not his game. And I think now you're starting to see them make moves towards uh, making throws that are better suited towards the way he's playing the, the position. Yeah, they need to give him more layup throws. Too many times last year they asked him to make difficult, difficult throws with receivers who weren't creating a lot of separation. So they've got to find out ways to uh, create those layup throws. All right, let's go ahead and move on to the Cowboys' backup quarterback, Cooper Rush from Central Michigan. Uh, If you remember last year, Rush was fantastic in the preseason. Uh, Started the year off as the team's number three quarterback, but by halfway through the season, uh, he kind of forced Kellen Moore to retire and become a quarterback coach. Um, Cooper Rush was really good last year, um, and obviously the team likes him a lot. What should we expect from Rush in year two? Well, I mean, I think you know, you know, a step is what you would expect. I mean, I, I, I think him coming in, you know, spending the entire year in the offense. Um, being active, you know, being the active backup quarterback. I mean, that's, I mean, that's, that's, it's quite a step for an undrafted free agent quarterback coming into the league. I mean, uh, I mean, Tony wasn't the backup his first year as an undrafted free agent. Like, I mean, that's, that's quite an impressive step. So you have to think that uh, you're going to get, I mean, this was a guy who, I, I, you know, I, I talked about it last year. You know, I even mentioned last year before all this that I felt like this was a guy who potentially could be a backup quarterback immediately because I felt like he was a 
low ceiling but very high floor guy. Like he comes in having taken a ton of snaps in college with a lot of experience. Uh, saw a lot of he's a four year starter in college. Uh, so I, I guess you know you know you expect to see him take uh, probably the largest step he's going to take in his career this year, and and then you have to you're probably going to have to realize that you know he's not going to get a ton better than what he's probably going to be after this training camp, right? Because I mean you know he'll take his yeah, his so. second year step, uh, and then this is a guy who doesn't have a lot of you know physical tools. I mean he you know he's going to get better as he plays, but how much is he going to really play? So I I think that you know. He's he's good. I think he's going to be a great backup. Like I think he clearly shows a propensity for it. I think that uh, he's like I said, having spent the whole offseason in the off in the offense will only make him uh, more proficient and more uh, you know comfortable with what's going on. And I think that all of that you know kind of just going to reinforce that he's going to be a solid backup. Now, like I said, I don't know that he's going to go from there. Where I don't know that he's going to go anywhere from there. But at the very least. What you've got now is a even more seasoned guy who was last year already good enough to be your backup quarterback, and now is even more adept in the offense, uh, more comfortable with what's going on, um, and and is a guy that's spent a whole year in the room and and now coming in, uh, you know, comfortable with his position. He's not he's not just fighting for his spot now. He's he's uh, he's trying to get better at 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 you know perform better at his at his position, uh, which I think you know it, it just. It changes the uh, the way that you're preparing, and hopefully, can help really kind of you know really throw him forward in a in a great level of improvement uh, from year one to year two. Because, like I said, I don't know outside of this year how much more improvement he's going to get until he gets an opportunity to go somewhere where he's going to be taking uh, you know the the number one uh, quarterback snaps, which I don't really think that is necessarily in the cards for this guy. <sighs> I struggle with Cooper Rush because, man, you watch him last year in the preseason and especially in that Colts game, and I wonder why why doesn't he have starting potential in the NFL? Because, well, he's not a great athlete, but he has okay athleticism. If you give him space to run, uh, he's shown that he can take off and he can make keep defenses honest. I think his ball placement is really good for a young kid. He doesn't have a, doesn't have a great arm, but he has a good enough arm. Um, and he clearly has some moxie to him. I, I, I think I think he's one of these guys that once you get him into games, things just kind of slow down for him. So, uh, listen, there are worse quarterbacks with less accuracy who are starting every year in the NFL. I'm not totally convinced Cooper Rush couldn't be a low-end starter in the NFL if you get him on the right offense that uses a lot of quick passing, yards after the catch, uh, where he's throwing in the middle to in the middle of the field, not having to always drive the ball to the outside. Uh, I guess I was really impressed with Rush. But um, how do you anticipate the Cowboys handling, handling him in the preseason? Do you expect him to get a ton of work, or do you think they're going to really let Mike White, who we're going to talk about in a minute, um, you, you know, take all the snaps because I'm still, I'm still fascinated by the idea of Cooper Rush as a low end starter in the league. And if he can, if he can prove once again that he has talent, and he can have another preseason like he did last year. All of a sudden, that player is going to have a lot of value uh, to to the rest of the the uh, NFL. Yeah, and, and look, I, I don't want to disparage Cooper. I mean, I I think you know, for me personally, uh, I just don't. 
he's not the kind of quarterback that I'm I'm building a team around. But I you know, look, I got no problem I have zero problem with putting him in if, if Dak, you know, hurts himself and is out for like extended time. I don't feel like I need to go get a guy. Like could I feel he, like could he Cooper be Ryan Ru- Fitzpatrick or Brian Fitzpatrick? Sure, could- yeah. I mean, I, I think he could be Andy Dalton. I mean, I just, okay. but I, I, I don't. But if I have Andy Dalton on my team, I'm not okay with my quarterback position personally. That's, I guess, that's my my thing is that uh, you're you're totally right. Like I think for a lot of these teams. Uh, a Cooper Rush, after you know, and let me let me be clear not not the Cooper Rush we've seen this year, but but the Cooper Rush that we think that he could be after a year of development, the Cooper Rush that he might be at this very moment that we haven't seen yet. You know, like uh, maybe that Cooper Rush could be a, a, a low end starter in the NFL. But absolutely, and I guess th- that kind of you know leads me to my next point about him and Mike White is that I, I think early on you kind of have to have an idea of what what Cooper Rush is now. Like, is he a kind of guy that, like, hey, like, this is a legitimate guy that we could potentially flip for a pick uh, if we feel like Mike White is at a level that maybe he could come in and be our backup, you know? Like, I is is that, you know, I think that what they will do early on is kind of figure out, hey, do we have three solid quarterbacks here? And if so, what, what are we doing with that? Is the idea to flip one of them or, you know, how, how is that going to work out? So I, I think uh, – uh, you know, I, at first they're going to need to come up with with a with an idea of like what what the ultimate end game is with these guys, uh, and then you know how, what's the best way to highlight them or improve them in order to get where you want to go with with uh, with these guys. And, and and honestly, it may be one of those things where they just don't e- they're not even ready to necessarily think about that early on. That they're just trying to get these guys into camp and see where they are. Uh, and then as it goes, you know, I mean, I think, you know, really you're going to find that these guys have the most value later on, you know, near the would can't would cuts are made and that sort of thing. And, you know, so I, I think that's probably right around the time that you're going to have your best idea of what you've gotten everybody. Uh, and then then, you know, obviously we kind of roll from there. All right. Let's do a fun little hypothetical right now. Let's say Cooper Rush does improve in the preseason, and the Cincinnati Bengals come along, uh, come around, and they uh, offer a third round pick for Cooper Rush. Do you think about it? Do you do it? Do you turn I, them I down? Mean, I, th- I think all of that is hinging on, on on a whole bunch of other factors, but most specifically, how do I feel about Mike White? Let's like, just say I, he's I, okay. I, he's he's fine. He's he's what you thought of him as a fifth round pick. I mean, is I I don't know if that's enough to make to make me comfortable. Of him as the backup, I guess. I kind point. of agree. Yeah, I, I, to me, I, I would have to be blown away from an offer yeah. from Cooper Rush I mean, because I, yeah. that, because backup I, I quarterbacks really are hard to find with Rush. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I, I, I mean, I think he, I feel really comfortable. It's man, it's rare to have a, a two cheap quarterbacks that you feel really comfortable about, and but I do, and so uh, yeah, I mean, they would have to blow me away, but then again, maybe they will. You know, like, I mean, again, uh, it's having a, a potential starter level quarterback on an undrafted free agent deal is pretty appealing, you know? So I, I guess, yeah, I, I think it, it'd have to be a, 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 a completely blow me away kind of deal, but I'm also not completely ruling out that happening. See, this is why I really wanted to see Cooper Rush in week 17, because if he could have shown anything in that game, I think his value would have dramatically risen. I, I mean, Kevin Cobb got two second-round picks when he played, I think, half for the Eagles. So we'll see. I, I, Rush is going to get his chance eventually in the next couple of years. I, we will see him in a game. 
Um, and I'm, I will not be shocked if he plays well. All right, let's go ahead and talk about the Cowboys' third quarterback on the roster, uh, Mike White, a guy that they spent the fifth, their fifth-round selection on from Western Kentucky. Um, of the three quarterbacks on the roster, he's probably the least athletic, uh, but he is very, he's very good in the middle part of the field. He has good anticipation. Um, I, I like his ball placement on most routes. If the ball goes down the field a little bit on him, it can kind of hang up in the air. But I think White does have developmental tools to turn into a, you know, a solid to above average backup in the NFL. Tell us your thoughts on Mike White. Uh, I actually think that White has, uh, you know, the the most up, the more upside. Than, than Cooper Rush does. Uh, He's a better but I also arm for think sure. obviously he. I, I also don't think he you know he comes in with the same floor at all. I mean I think you know even though uh, he's a draft pick and Cooper was kind of an afterthought. I, I think that you know uh, he's going to come in uh, and he's going to need a little while to kind of get going and 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 get up to speed. But I think uh, I, you know I, there, there's definitely the potential there to become a really good player. Um, and and I think like we mentioned before that that uh, the way it, the speed in which he develops uh, is really going to kind of be interesting and in kind of dictating the whole room, right? And and, and what they're going to do with Cooper and what they might do with him, you know. And so I think that uh, likely you know you, you're going to need to keep an eye on where Mike White is. Uh, I you know to me. Knowing them, I would think that they're playing the long game on this a little bit. You know, like I, I don't know that they're going to be ready to. I would not be surprised if they were going to go into this planning on carrying three quarterbacks into the year. Like, I mean, that wouldn't surprise me. Um, if, if I think this that's was likely. more, yeah, I mean, I think if it's it's if they decided that they this is more of a long term play and. Uh, you know, they've already made a, a decision as an organization to do that. Um, you know, and I think when you, when you think about it, when especially when you've got a quarterback who is going into a second to last year before it's contract talking time, uh, you know, it's just not the worst idea to have a whole bunch of options uh, in the back, you know, on the back end of that. So uh, I think that they'll um, they'll look at the situation um, and. Uh, they'll they'll figure out exactly you know what the long play is. I, I just I mean I think that you know they're they're clearly trying to play a- asset you know acquisition and development and then you know reassignment, but but I just don't know exactly what the uh, you know I just don't know exactly what the what the difference like what the you know what what the timeline is for 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 when they would actually move on trying to dump off you know rush I, it, if they felt good enough about white would they even move off rush immediately i don't know would they wait because they they want to feel comfortable i don't know but it, i think that is an interesting aspect of all this is you know what what's what are the, what's their best hope is going to happen and then what's their fallback plan uh if if white doesn't quite develop the sp- at the speed that you know is less than at a speed that's less than optimal I think it's fair to assume that White's probably going to play heavy snaps in the preseason. I think you can almost expect him to play every second half, uh, you know, of the four games, and probably a little bit more in that week four uh, games. So we're going to see a ton of Mike White. I'm excited to see uh, how his skills translate to the NFL. 
Um, just two other guys that I want to mention really quickly. Uh, Dalton Sturm, a undrafted free agent from UTSA, uh, was the guy that the Cowboys, uh, I believe, have brought in for a workout for the next few weeks. We'll see if they end up signing him to the roster and, and bringing him to camp. Uh, he was pretty productive over his last three years at uh, UTSA. He had 49 touchdowns, 18 interceptions. A pretty athletic kid, uh, kind of small, undersized at six foot two, 200 pounds. Uh, probably just a camp arm. And the one guy that I, w- I want to mention, who we've talked about on this show before, uh, Jamil Showers is still on the roster. He is playing safety now. But if the Cowboys got into a desperate situation and they and they needed a guy that knew this, the the offense and uh, could run a couple plays, I'm sure that Showers could be a backup for a game or two. Uh, until they found a better option. So let's go ahead and let's rank this group. Uh, of our four choices, dominant group, solid group, needs work, smoking crater, what would you say about the Cowboys quarterback position heading into 2018? I, I, I t- it's tough because I I mean, I want to say just on paper that it looks like a solid group, but I, but if you look around the league – like it's hard not to put it as a dominant group because uh, there's just not a lot of teams that have a a clear solid quarterback one who is you know like listen say, say what you will about Dak but he's a he's a Pro Bowl level starter like if at, you know when at, he's playing well yeah at, at the very worst he's in the top half of the league at the very at the very, very worst yeah right. yeah so and then on top of that you've got a a one year backup you know a, a very young backup who proved to be pretty adept when he came in at, at times so uh, you know i think that's pretty rare you know and, and to have that without spending any kind of cash at all and then on top of that uh, uh, a rookie that you feel solid about like i i feel like that's a pr- that's a pretty good group so i, I kind of it just compared to the rest of the league you know i i i think maybe this is more a commentary on the, the dearth of quarterback play in the NFL, but Absolutely. I, I kind of have to put this in as a dominant group, you know, because it, it, I, like I said, my initial look at it's like, oh, that's a solid group, but, you know, just kind of in my own mind. But if you pull it back a little bit and, and look around the league and some of the, some of the other quarterback rooms that are, that are in the NFL, this, this, it may not have a lot of super huge name recognition, but it, this might be a dominant group. Yeah. I think I would put it at the very top of the solid group. Uh, just because there's so much unproven behind Dak, you have yeah. you have two guys that have never. Well, I think Rush took a snap in the NFL last year. I think he played with the forty in the forty nine er game uh, yeah. a little bit. But yeah, two guys that are pretty inexperienced, and typically you do want uh, guys that have been around in the NFL as your backup. But hey, Cooper Rush, I'm excited to see what happens with him this year. So uh, we'll we'll kind of split let's say the, yeah, let's say solid with the opportunity to be dominant. Yeah, and, and I think that that's. That's going to give you a chance in the NFL. If you have a, a solid quarterback room, you're at least going to have a chance. So uh, thank you guys for listening to our quarterback preview. Tomorrow we will talk about the running backs and what do we think about that running back room. Kind of similar to quarterbacks in the sense that you've got one super proven productive guy and then the rest are young Unknown, t- yeah, unknown type of p- players with a lot of potential. So we will get that tomorrow. That's it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow Landon at McCoolBTB. You can follow the show at Locked On Cowboys, and I am at Marcus underscore Mosier. And we will see you guys next time. <laughs>